let me let me start with the bio because a lot of people out there know but i want for those of you that don't know now you know john liner he's a passionate educator he's a leader and musician that believes all children all children can learn and achieve greatness he's presently the fine arts department chair and director of bands at morn Ranch high school in Cape texas which we had the chance to spend a few days last month um a very high energy instructor. Mr. Liner has been named Teacher of the Year in 2021 for Morton Ranch Junior High School and 2022 um, for Morton Ranch Junior High School by the Houston Area Association for Black School Educators. He's an alum of Berkeley College of Music. He's an active member in TMEA, TBA, TJEA, and NAFME. Uh, John Liner's research has most recently been recognized and featured in the Massachusetts Music Journal. He's the founder of the Virtual Band Directors Conference, uh, which is a professional development resource for music educators. To date, this conference has reached over 40 states, 13 countries, six continents. He's out here. What did you forget about? What did <laughs> yeah, you forget about? we haven't Antarctica? gotten the scientist yet. <laughs> um, Mr. Liner uh, presents to educators nationwide on integrating music of the African diaspora into the curriculum. And his presentations have been featured in six different state music conferences. An advocate for jazz education, John believes jazz is critical to the development of any music student musician. So let's start there. Mr. Liner, yeah. thank you for joining us Thanks on for Playing Around. I want, I want to start with our first question before I want to get to all that. What have you been listening to lately? That's our I've that's been listening staple. to um, this is this is like really out there, but I love it. Um, old school, like seventies, eighties, um, gospel ministers singing. That's what I've been like searching up and like old gospel hymns. That's been the vibe the last week or so. So certainly not mainstream. Is there something about that period that you like? Like you say, the seventies. Like what about gospel that? Music was time? simple. It was really, you know, it, at that point in time, most of the music was organ, drums, bass. Uh, and that was it. And they, the chords were a lot simpler. There weren't a lot of extensions and stuff on chords. And so when people were singing, it was like, you know, super congregationally based, whereas now most church singing, uh, it's, you know, you have a, a leader and then you have like a, a worship team, you know, and this is more like you have one person on the mic and then the entire building is singing, which it's... It's pretty cool. Mm. Are there any names you could throw out for maybe people at home who, who don't uh, even oh, know? Where do they start? Well, they I'd go Mahalia Jackson, moves. number one. That's my girl. She's like my favorite singer ever. Uh, love Mahalia. Uh, I'm listening to Bishop James Morton right now. His brother's probably more famous, Paul S. Morton. He's, you know, done the Grammy thing. He's, he's a big timer. Um, I would really recommend... Um, uh, James Moore, he's great. He has a great, great sound and great choir. And then, like, present day, oh, probably, like, he, he's less about the hymns, but he still get, he, uh, he modernizes the hymns, I guess. Ricky Dillard, uh, he does some really great work with that. So he has a great uh, album called Choir Master. It's, it's tremendous. It's really good. So I, I want to start with something I think makes you really unique, and, and that's someone who you, you studied music education, you studied uh, arranging orchestration at Berkeley, and yet um, 
your your approach in the classroom mm -hmm. you really emphasize jazz so i haven't seen that a ton especially like you're in texas where marching band focus concert band focus can you just talk a little bit about why you think jazz is important i think it opens them up students? to uh music in a context that's very relatable uh when a kid leaves or when a kid goes home and you know granny sees him for the first time granny wants to hear a song she doesn't want to hear the third part uh the third trumpet part from the whole suite she wants to hear happy birthday she wants you know she wants to hear something and i think jazz is a great tool to do that to be able to facilitate learning because there's tons of songs out there there's and and it through those songs kids have a blast it's way more technically inclined than i think a lot of people would initially think um and i think we can inspire children with that because you can go and perform places with jazz. It's hard. And I, please understand, I'm, I'm classically trained. And I believe that the, the, the baseline, that the fundamentals are learned in the classical setup. But I believe that when I can go and I can take a kid out to perform and they can perform 20 minutes of jazz, and then I can show them, hey, there's a paycheck at the end of this. That's pretty exciting. Uh, it's a lot harder. You have to be the number one player, and then you still may not get paid if you're doing like a concerto competition. You'd have to get first, and then you'll get a scholarship. But you can do that, not be the best at it, and and the kids still get pretty, uh, for lack of a better term, jazzed about it. So, yeah. And talk to so. I, I was really struck. I, I got the chance to spend three days um, at Morton Ranch this past month, and I was really struck um, by the way. Uh, you by the sort of discipline you have a middle school band but the, the bands were so extremely disciplined whether it was the beginning band to your more advanced ensembles H how do you build Oof, a band that's a great like question uh, I think you know kids will do whatever you ask them to do and I believe for learning to happen you have to have a sense of calm a sense of peace a sense of structure in the classroom and that's where we can maximize learning and I think as teachers uh, we have to and I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but we have to demand that our class have structure in the public education space so that learning can occur. I think if you're doing stuff in, you know, small groups, three or four kids, I think it's totally different. But when you have classes of 20, 30, 40, 50 plus kids, you've got to have a level of structure or it's chaos. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. when you, so growing up in your music education, where there educators that you saw like okay this classroom works like how did you come to realize that because i just was so blown away by how the discipline of the students and they the, also the passion too it wasn't just they were disciplined but they were scared of you they love playing their instruments you know i when growing up my my band halls that i was in with uh, i was in, in katie at a uh, single ranch junior high with mr rory davis and then at single ranch high school like our our rooms were already disciplined. Like that's just, that's just, this is what I know. But also my mentors are very insistent upon me making sure that my children have the best learning environment, which includes being disciplined uh, because if they're disciplined in the classroom, they're more likely to be disciplined at home when they're practicing. It's not always gonna happen, but you know, mm -hmm. if we can at least have it in the classroom, we know that some learning is gonna happen. And then when you get good at your instrument, like I say good, when you're proficient on your instrument, then you wanna practice more. And then when you practice more, you get better. When you get better, you play harder music. When you play harder music, it becomes more challenging and that's more fun. And it just, it's a cycle that starts looping on itself. So, yeah.
Yeah. And what about, so starting, you, you started a jazz band. Morton Ranch yeah. Junior High had never had a jazz uh, band. This is, I guess, three yeah, three years, years. I guess this is our fourth year, so three calendar years. And, and I'm, are, can folks, are there, are there videos of you guys online anywhere? I know we're going to start posting stuff too, but are there, just so people see that, like, <laughs> honestly, it was like going to a James Brown concert. I've never seen the high-end band. Can you just talk about the process for people out there that are maybe scared to start a jazz band? Like, where did you start? How did you, like, day one? Now, okay, that's, how do you make that's a, a great question. Like, uh, so my story, we, you know, I, I have some background, but I would by no means call myself a jazz musician. And so uh, I, when I got hired here, the principal asked me in the interview, she said, well, have you have any experience with a jazz band? I'm like, you know, what? I, I think I could, I could put this thing together. We can make this thing go. And then I was, I was scared to start. And so I called up the, there's a director in Katie named Bruce Melville. He's a tremendous educator. He's retired. But I called him up and I said, hey, I'd love to meet you. Um, so I sat down with him and his wife at a, a local restaurant. And he uh, said, should I do the jazz band? And they ripped me a brand new one on the spot and said, you have the support you need, go. And we started with a drum set. That's all we had. And I called in kids. Because we're starting, I want to do invitation only. We got 13 kids together and we did the thing. And it was slow. It was challenging. But you know what? I started my drum set player with four quarter notes on a ride cymbal, two and four on the left foot. That's all he could play at first. And that's all we did for a while. And then the bass player, we learned the one, the four, and the five. And quarter notes on that. And that was the jazz band. And it was, I think we got four songs and then the pandemic hit. And then, you know, we came back and it got stronger. The players got better. The jazz band got better. The classical got side. Jazz, classical got better. The jazz side got better. So on and so forth. And so, it's really to me, it's starting that simple. And when I don't know stuff, man, I hire people to come out and show me how to do it. And I just sit there with my little notepad and take notes and take notes. And um, I don't know the energy, man, that you see in the concerts. Honestly, man, that's straight. Like I get that from church. That's where I learned. Like I grew up in the traditional black church, and. There's times where I want to make it feel like it's a, um, it's like a gospel choir. And like, there's so many elements of the gospel choir that I think make music exciting. Uh, you got me excited now. Music is supposed to be exciting, right? And so when we do these performances, yes, the kids are going to play great. But why can't they do the showmanship aspect of, our, of the performances now? Why not? I mean, that's honestly, it takes me less time to teach the showmanship than it does to teach the music. Uh, and when the kids play great and they can do the showmanship, oh my gosh, it's a whole nother, it's a whole nother level. So. And what about for, for other middle school directors out there that are thinking, okay, jazz, uh, jazz that's for advanced ensembles. Like, well, where do you, what do you say to, to other folks that you meet or that are thinking, okay, that's something for a high school band. That's, that's, we don't mess with that here. We got to learn our, our gotta, we got to learn our skills. My kids <laughs> well, can't you know what, man, lines. I completely disagree. And I think jazz if, you, if your kid can play one note, they can improvise. Um, and if they know four notes, they can play uh, C or one, two, three. Yeah, four notes, they can play C jam blues, right? And so you, you already have a song with four notes. Uh, we don't, our orchestra program didn't have a bass player, but we figured out a way to teach them three notes on the bass. And now we can play the blues. It, it's, it's a lot simpler than I think a lot of people think at 
first, which makes sense. But it's like if we go to the very roots of jazz, jazz is not as complex as I believe that we have to make it. Jazz is built for any level player. Um, and yeah, it's built for any level player. And there's music. The publishers are getting really great about writing music for young players. But even without that, the, the standards, the C-Jam Blues of the world, the Freddie Freeloader, the, uh, all that, that's totally accessible to your uh, first-year players, second-year players, very, very much so, definitely. What, what kind of stuff do you want your students to leave with after they, they graduate your program? What sort of, what's important to you? I want them to know how to work hard. I want them to love what they do, no matter what they do. Um, and I want them, like we have a sign, we call it Morton Ranch style. And it's doing everything at the highest level with maximum effort. And it's going all out at whatever you decide to do. You know, if, if we, you know, we're learning something new and it's real challenging. If we give up learning that thing, that concept, that skill, that scale, that song, that's not translating to the real world because that is, oh, you're a doctor. Oh, this looks like a hard operation. We're just going to leave you open on the table. No, we're not. We're going to push through. And I think music is a great tool for that. Uh, and that's, that's what I want the kids to leave with. Cause they're not going to remember when we taught the B flat scale. Um, they're not, they're going to remember the cool experiences that we gave them by taking them. We were playing with Texas Southern university the other night. The kids are going to remember that forever. Um, but they're, they're not going to remember when they learned the head to this song or that, you know, it, it's learn how to work hard, learn to love what you do, do everything to the best of your ability and the experiences that we give them. Mm. And what about you? Like, how do you, I know for so many teachers out there, uh, it's a lot of hours to be a band educator here. How, how do you pace yourself through all that? Obviously like young and you got a lot of energy. I, and it's like, I've, I've been so inspired being around John here. Like I've, of, of, of educators, like everything he's talking about, I promise you, he's not just saying it, it's, it's in practice. How do you pace how do you think about like how do you not get discouraged as a music educator oh man this is it's about progress it's about progress um and i you know I, I came into a situation at the school where there's a lot of room for the students to get better which is great and so every year the we see the students getting better we see the students getting better and and i'm obsessed with being my best so that whatever I do, whether like I used to work for Apple and I wanted to be the best when I worked there, I wanted to be, the, and here my job is to be the best I can for my kids. And when I'm driven to get better, there's no stagnation. And the day that I don't want to get better, that's the day I need to hang it up. You know, I, I need to, I need to stop. So in terms of like the patience, I mean, I think I'm just as impatient as any band director. I, I want everything to be, you know, right, right now, but I think just looking at, oh my gosh, we did it this way this year. What if we, we're talking about this morning with Mark and Isabel, you know, what, what happened if, or what happens if, you know, we move this concert here? What if we combine the percussion ensemble and the jazz band concert? Or what if we do our, our jazz band concert with our beginners? <gasps> did you say recruiting? Like, you know, like these things that make our lives more efficient, but it's still exciting. You still offer the opportunities. Just, it's. I don't know. For me, it's about progress. That's what keeps me going. Seeing the kids get better, seeing myself get better. So then the kids get better and they want to be better. Like these kinds of things. What do you, what do you wish someone had told you 
what would you tell yourself if you were starting your job now? If you were about to start your first teaching job, what do you wish someone had told you? Find one mentor that does exactly what you want to do and follow them. My first year, man, teaching middle school, I was calling everybody and their brother. And by the time I got finished with person number seven or person number 10, right, I was confused because everybody had given me different advice. So if I want to teach at this level, well, then I need to ask somebody questions who is doing things at this level and stick with them because clearly what they've done has gotten into that level. Instead of asking everybody, I didn't consider the context of the people that I was asking or the experience of the people I was asking. I was just asking. Yeah. That's and I would tell people you should contact John if you want to. <laughs> John could be your mentor. I would I'd love to help. Anything I can do, y'all hit me up. Yeah. So just just one last question we um we like to ask about you you're an old school guy. Obviously, like you talked about we talked about church, we talked about gospel music, we talked about, you know, discipline. Mm -hmm. What about like digital resources? Obviously, like, you know, what we're doing at Playbook is a bit different. Like how do you see that factoring into your how does it factor into your program? How does it factor into the future of music learning? How is how do digital resources Digital right resources. now, it's not Working a huge part of our program, but I, I firmly believe that tech programs that don't have technology integrated into their program are going to die on the vine. Um, I think, and I, I'll take this a couple different directions, like social media, I think that is absolutely critical to recruiting. More in-person recruiting is not allowed to happen anymore. But what happens when we start sponsoring ads for people to join the band, join the orchestra, join the choir? I think that's a big, big area that we're missing. I th and I say we, the band community, I think, you know, from a teaching perspective, most of the kids that, you know, they go on to Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, whatever their listening choice is, they're going into these electronic avenues and we have to find a way to harness it, whether it's through uh, the, uh, the different learning management software, uh, platforms um, but I think it's I think it's really really important um, that we begin to harness this uh, now because in 10 years if we don't have the infrastructure in place then we're in big trouble and I'm saying this in our program we're switching from uh, to from paper assignments to digital assignments starting next year so we're laying the infrastructure down now so that we can start catching the wave because we don't want to be on the wrong side of, of the technology wave Mm. Wow. Well, Mr. John Liner. Yeah, man. Inspiration all around. Incredible educator. Thank you so much for joining us on this. Dude, thank you for having me. Playbook. I'm like, I'm super honored that you even think to ask me. So I'm, I'm very thankful. And uh, you can follow. Yeah, of course. Uh, John, is that all right if people follow you? Prez underscore 13. That's at P-R-E-Z underscore 13. Uh, this episode is going to be live on Spotify shortly. But thank you so much for joining us. And uh, everybody have Peace a wonderful and chicken grease. Most of all, Mr. Lyon. <laughs>